1: As we've been talking about on the show, many children and adolescents seeking mental health treatment in Limerick and around the country do not appear to be receiving follow-up care. An interim report into a review of the provision of child and adolescent mental health services found many children and young people end up lost in the system. Now, a psychotherapist here in Limerick and a good friend of the show Judy Maloney is with me in the studio and Owen Dalton with the journal.ie is on the line. Good morning to both of you. Owen, um, tell me a little about this report but more particularly even though it's not named in it we understand that there is a Limerick focus in part of the report.
2: Hi, Joe, that's right, exactly. So the interim report, it's an independent review into the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services, the CAMS service, and it's found that many children and young people end up lost in the system. And it's highlighted how in one catchment area, which we understand is the Midwest, uh, there were 140 lost cases within the local CAMS team. Uh, This was... uh, confirmed by the HSE yesterday Um, and I suppose what this meant is that they did not have an appointment in some cases for up to two years and this would have included young people who had reached their 18th birthday with no discharge plan or transition to adult services or any advice about medication or follow-up care.
1: And is that what was meant by lost?
2: Essentially, yes, that's what it seems to be, which is that they were not receiving the necessary follow-up care. Um, you know, these were people; uh, these are people who are mentally ill. They have required a lot of treatment. The CAM service uh, has been described to me several times in recent months as it is a, a last resort in, in certain ways. It, it's for people who re- need a lot of uh, care, essentially, for the problems they're having. And I suppose what this report um you know, it is only an interim report, and that's partly because it's a full audit of the nine regional health organisations across Ireland that are public health organisations, but it was released by the Inspector of Mental Health Services, Dr. Susan Finnerty, uh, in the Mental Health Commission yesterday because she had serious concerns uh, about the consequent risks for some patients and um, that had already been examined uh, at four out of the five uh, CHOs, those are the community healthcare organisations, and she had called yesterday for urgent and targeted action to be taken to address these risks.
1: Mm. I mean, we know from this show, and indeed in other parts of the country too, the CAM service has been a matter of discussion for some years, but it appears as though there's now a strong focus on it.
2: There is, and you're right there, it's been coming up, I think, in different regions across the country, and a lot of people will be familiar with the case in South Kerry um, of the past year or so, um, and I suppose this larger audit came about partly from that. Um, the report that was carried out in South Kerry camps found that the care received by 240 young people in the area did not meet the standards that they should have, and it. Uh, that was in the Maskey review, which was published by the HSE in January of last year. That review found that 46 of the children suffered significant harm while attending the, the CAM service. Um, and I suppose, like even the, we got some uh, commentary from the HSE yesterday. Uh, Damien McCallion, its chief operations officer, said that the organisation was responding to re- individual cases highlighted by the Mental Health Commission but still admitted that there were significant issues and that uh, the HSE is not happy with the issues that have been identified and he did say that it's no reflection on CAM staff who he says work hard to try and deal with the issues and challenges that they face but he did say that clearly there are significant issues in CAM and that the HSE is now working with the Mental Health Commission to address those problems.
1: And what's interesting is this is on foot of an interim report isn't this isn't even the complete report?
2: That's exactly. So I suppose what this report looked at were uh, it's about half of the CHOs and your CHO, so your Midwest CHO, for example, um, they provide a broad range of services um, outside of the acute hospital system. So they're mainly providing primary care, social care, mental health services, of course, and health and wellbeing services. But such were, the, I suppose, the findings by Dr. Susan Finnerty that she and the Mental Health Commission decided to uh, publish this interim report, um, basically raising the alarm, I suppose really, um, ahead of releasing the final report at some point later this year.
1: Now, as I say, this is a topic that uh, we have discussed in different ways, the Cam's uh, topic on the show, and uh, Senator Maria Byrne has been talking to us about it quite recently.
0: You know, there's over 100 people uh, that have been waiting more than a year. And in actual fact, when she read out the figures, I think it was somewhere around almost 140 people in the CHO area, which is the Limerick area. Um, She has, um, I suppose Limerick is going to be a pilot area along with two other areas in terms of mental health and in terms of, you know, using it as a case to bring down the, the waiting numbers. Currently, they are actually six different units within the mental health structure at the hospital, but they're actually setting up a seventh. Now, they have a lot of the staff recruited, but once they have the seventh up and running, it should help to to move the numbers a lot faster, certainly. So, like, there is a lot of work going on in the background, but I suppose it's down to people maybe... um some people, when they qualify, they 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 go traveling. And I understand that, you know, to get experience and whatever else. But it's about encouraging maybe, um, you know, people like psychiatrists and cleaner, or senior clinicians and that to stay maybe within the country and stay in their role in terms of uh, working here in Ireland. So I think there needs to be a lot more support around that. And I've spoken to the minister ar- around that area. But certainly the numbers are coming down, but not fast enough for my liking.
1: Right, that is uh, Senator Maria Byrne there and she, the reference was to uh, the relevant minister she was putting uh, questions uh, to her recently on this in the Shannon and uh, On Dalton with the journal is with me on the line as I mentioned Limerick Psychotherapist Judy Maloney is with me in the studio Good morning to you, uh, what do you Hi think dear. of all of this?
3: Well it's not news to me at all anyway um, and I'm in the area so I know I know on the ground, I see this all the time. But in general, as you were saying, this is a discussion that's been out in the public forum for quite a while. This is going on a really, really long time. The reading of that interim report, as you say, the fact that it had to be released, you know, it's because of the concerns. They couldn't wait until the full report came out because children are at risk and we are absolutely failing our children in this country. There's 20,000 open cases in CAMS. That's children that's under the age of 18 seeking, you know, mental help, basically, for their health. You know, this is, it's just, what is actually going on? We do need to look at the bigger picture as well, while also putting in immediate changes. There needs, at the same time, there needs to be an overhaul of the system. The, the criteria for CAMS is moderate to severe, you know, but what's in the middle? This is the thing, what's in the middle? You have, I have parents contacting me every week crying on the phone, looking for help, they they don't know where else to go, their kids are really at risk, they're very anxious, they're not going to school. There is nothing, there seems to be no support unless you have money to pay for private care and even then when you do, the people aren't there, therapists and, and people working with children, they're not there, they're not enough at all. And I, like for Maria Byrne to say, "Yeah, encourage people, clinicians to stay, well then we need to incentivise them as well. You know, this is the, at the be all, the end all, it comes down to money, Joe. Right. And is it largely a resource issue then, do you think? A hundred percent. It absolutely is. It has to start there because unless you have the resources, you can't put, you can't implement changes. We have to be realistic. We do need, the government needs to put more money into this plus a real, as I said, an overhaul of the system because... This is not working. This is going on a long time and it's not working. The problem is getting worse and worse. I worked in Pieta House for over two years and my main clientele, we'll say, within Pieta House was adolescents. That's what the teenagers basically came to me. So I was looking at the ones who were self-harming and suicidal. And what we saw happening and what's still happening is charities and organisations like Pieta House are picking picking up the slack where the government are failing. That's what's actually happening here. And that's not right. I mean, we put a lot of work, we pay taxes, we talk about this community that is Ireland and making us better and stronger and we're within the EU and yet we have 20,000 children on the waiting list. But Julie, what you've
1: just said there, I mean, I could probably name off the top of my head 20 charities Mm. in Limerick and we've had them in this studio yeah. who would say that a big part of what they do is fill the gap Absolutely. that the state has
3: left. Yeah, because it, you have to think about it in real terms, right? If a child is suffering in some way, suffering with their mental health, they'll go to their parents or their parents will spot it. What's the next port of call? You go to your GP, right? You bring the child in, the adolescents, whatever, into the GP. And what does the, the GP has a certain amount of options there, Okay. So they'll say, okay, here I've got a number for someone in private or I'll refer you on to CAMS if they fit the criteria. And they know that that child will be waiting. It is around the two year mark and I know that. For CAMS
1: For camps. And and what happens if they go the private route, if they can afford to do that?
3: If they can afford it and if they can find somebody, you're talking about weekly therapy sessions or something along the lines of that, depending. But again, the, the, the therapists just aren't there. We, are, as therapists, working with adolescents don't have support. It costs us an awful lot of money. Any therapist like this, unless you're working within the HSE, you're self-employed. We have to ke- keep our standards very, very high. We have to do continuing professional development all the time. It costs us a lot of money, a lot of supervision. You know, they, we're not incentivized either. You know, when you look at the support that's needed to keep us up to date, it's so, so important that the people working... With children are qualified to do so.
1: Judy, I mean, in general, what sort of mental health challenges are you seeing coming to you that are affecting children and adolescents?
3: It's mainly, like a lot of it would be anxiety. You know, it's huge at the moment. We talk about it here as adults, we have anxiety, we have stress, all the rest of it. But the levels that are dropping down that the children around us are absorbing are just really, they're too much for them to handle. I know I've come on before talking about developmentally, they can't handle it, they can't, they're not old enough to regulate their emotions. So a lot of the time when they go to somebody, they need like to be almost taught how to do that. And I think this is where the overhaul needs to come in. There needs to be something in between, you know, nothing basically and cams, you know, something in the middle. And that needs to come into the education system. I believe that mental health talks about it. Skills, these soft skills that are actually saving people's people's lives, they need to be brought into the education system so that they learn how to manage themselves, regulate emotions before they're just put on a waiting list for two years. And then a lot of the time they age out, they're past 18 and what? They have to go back to the GP be referred to AMS, which is the adult mental health, and then go back on a waiting list.
1: And uh, Judy Maloney's with me, Owen Dalton with the Journal.ie is on the line as well. Our sense of covering this over the years, um, Owen, is that there hasn't been significant political traction for it. Do you think that this controversy will change that? Is there any sense from government that that will be the case?
2: Um, In in one sense, it might be too soon to say. I suppose in another sense, it does feel like we're maybe approaching that kind of breaking point. Um, I, I think the South Kerry issue last year, was very concerning, I think, for for anyone in any circle, um, and that this has been that scope has been broadened out. Um, and again, this is just the interim report. There is more to come. Um, means we we could be at that breaking point, but trying to address that will actually, will obviously take time. Like I, I suppose, like we're running one story this morning. I. I Spoke to parents yesterday, and um, getting their response to a report. But I, I suppose like there's this other cohort of people. Oh, I, I think as Judy was referencing there, who um, can't access services, can't access mental health services, and if they try the private, uh, if they try the private route, the waiting lists are just a far too long or there isn't capacity there aside from the money issue um and you know like there was, there was one team that was launched in the past 12 months within cams for uh, people with intellectual disabilities and this uh, report uh by the mental health commission yesterday i mean that found that the uh, staffing levels there were at 23% of the recommended level so you're looking at that Uh, lacking about three quarters of the staff it needs. That works out to around 140 staff nationwide. Um, that will take, uh, potentially years to even get up to a maybe to turn that 23% into, you know, maybe over 70% of staff. Um, and like, there's there's so many kind of different parts of this that shows that the service itself is not working and, uh, is just causing I suppose, a lot of concern and a lot of pain for families uh, around the country.
1: Mm. And just on one other subject, Judy Maloney, since I have you here, what are your thoughts on President Michael D. Higgins saying school students at a younger age certainly should not have to do homework? Do you think that would be beneficial for children's mental health?
3: I think it would, particularly, as he said, it's younger children. You're not talking about teenagers who obviously need to have that capacity to learn how to, you know, to work themselves at home. Um, But yeah, I do. And I've seen it look in my own home. If you're not of the same kind of standard in the class, and and again, it depends on the teacher, it depends how supportive they are, how intuitive they are, picking up if someone's falling behind or struggling a bit. You go home, you do your bit of homework. But if if you're not, if the child isn't, you know, up to capacity or up to speed, we'll say with where the standard is, Depends as well on the parents and what their situation is at home. Are the kids doing it in a child minders or are they just told to go off and do it themselves? Is there pressure around it? Like, I know, I remember me, I still have, you know, those flashbacks of trying to do my tables at home and, you know, the stress and the worry it would cause. Whereas now I think, you know, we do need to review, is it actually working? Is this, because I, like at the same time, we're still in terms of Ireland as a country, our kids go to school very, very young. In a lot of other countries, they don't go until they're older. You know, they learn different kinds of skills. So this is what I mean. We do really need an overhaul of what we're teaching our kids. Is this what they actually will need? You know, I don't think it's working. We still put the focus on academia in this country. And we can see, and again, from working in UL in the counselling department, in an academic setting, I have seen that where young people are really, really struggling is in their mental health, in their soft skills, in life skills. They have no life skills. Mm. It's all about the academic side of it a lot of the time. Get the points go do your course, get on the career but then their life is falling apart behind the scenes and we really encourage that. Once everything is good on the surface, that's great, but it's not working, it's really falling apart.
1: Okay, well it's certainly a wider discussion that we'll come back to you on and thank you very much for that uh, and indeed for your contribution earlier as well. Uh, So that is what we understand at the moment about CAMS in Limerick and obviously uh, wrapped up in uh, the uh, national discussion around it too. Uh, Thank you to Owen Dalton with the journal. Ie and Limerick psychotherapist Judy Maloney.
0: Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live ninety five.